برنامج عدين في يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة Programs of the Legion on a Friday, only on the Voice of the Cave. Welcome back once more. Now you can enjoy this week's specials at Fruit and Vets City Access Park in Kenilworth. We kick off with the grape tubs, that's one kilogram assorted, two for 50 rand. Bananas, five rand 99 per kilo. And then one carrot thrift pack and one beetroot thrift pack, both for 10 rand. Large English cucumbers, three for 25 rand. And then sun-ripe tomatoes at 9.99 per kilogram. The big deal salad basket consisting of one Roman, Romanita tomato thrift pack, one queen pineapple, one lettuce pack, one English cucumber and white Danish feta that's at 100 grams. All this for only 39 rand. Now these prices are valid until s- Sunday the 7th of February 2016 and that's only at Fruit and Vet City Access Park in Kenilworth, your food lovers market and the heart of good food. Well, we continue with the Friday Nasiha program, Programs of Religion on a Friday. And joining me in studio now is Maulana Abdul Fatahka. Maulana, assalamu alaikum to you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Haji Jamil. And to all our esteemed and respected listeners of Voice of the Cape on this Mubarak and Blessed Day of Friday, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. To you, your family, your congregation, Juma Mubarak to you. Shukran. Well, another focus this morning, I believe, on the importance of citizenship. <laughs> yes, it's a very, um, it's a very uh, difficult topic maybe to approach, alhamdulillah. We, we place our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and will endeavor to do justice to the topic, inshallah, al-aziz. In which we are talking about citizenship and we are citizens are and I would hope to feel that all of us are proud citizens of, of South Africa, a, a country which affords us the, our rights to practice Islam. We even have musallas and places to pray in our airports, alhamdulillah. Mm, alhamdulillah. So when we talk about citizenship, and then sometimes we um, our minds can go immediately to to government and political parties, and then suddenly the big C word, corruption, and the big R word, racism, and all those negative um, concepts can come into a person's mind. We were talking about citizenship and what is it for a Muslim to um, to partake as a citizen? What I what is his role as a citizen in a country, and what are his duties as a citizen uh, within a country? Alhamdulillah. Uh, many of the contemporary ulama have written books on 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 the fiqh of citizenship, and how a person should carry himself or herself as a citizen in a uh, in especially a Muslim minority country, and we have to understand this is a departure from from where Islam was. Um, Islam began in the life of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Gharib and strange in Makkah al-Mukarramah, at the age of forty, when Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam was given the great gift of prophethood uh, by the revelation of the Holy Quran and called towards Islam in Makkah al-Mukarramah and around Makkah al-Mukarramah for thirteen years. And resulted in over a, a hundred or so followers uh, that had accepted the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thereafter, the, the migration to Madinah to Munawwara, the spread of Islam, many um, huge historical events, the Battle of Badr, the Battle of Uhud, the Battle of the Trench, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, 
the conquest of Makkah, the Hajj of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and then the final Hajj of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, leaving behind approximately 124,000 Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and Islam was then in its ascendancy phase. Islam was ascending, Islam was conquering, Islam was in rulership, and the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the laws of Allah jalla wa'ala, as enshrined in the Quran, uh, these were being practiced by Muslims, and when Muslims came into power, these publicly were the laws that were carried out. There was freedom of religion. Those who did not want to accept Islam were free to pay the jizya. They would enjoy all the rights of citizenship under a Muslim leadership. And they were never at Muslim minorities. And this carried on throughout the empires. And at the fall of the Uthmani Khalifa, the Ottoman Empire, in the early 20th century, in the 1900s, uh, this uh, saw the Muslims becoming, in certain countries, minorities, living uh, in countries that were not ruled by, by Islam or Muslim leaders, and countries that were uh, in, in democracy. So we find this a, it is a huge, a huge shift in that. We don't have a court you can go to to have the law mm. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala implemented. And, and many difficulties arose because of that. So we find ourselves now, for, for example, in South Africa, although we are unique, in a sense that uh, in South Africa, alhamdulillah, we have not come in the last 10, 15, 20 years. We have not migrated for uh, solely only economic reasons, although there must be pockets that where that has happened. But alhamdulillah, it is a, a, we have over a three-century record of being here, partaking in the struggle even for democracy. And, and, and this is where we find ourselves in South Africa, alhamdulillah, even though we are a Muslim, a, a, a minority, it is a fact that we punch above our weight, alhamdulillah. And we are looked upon as an integral part of society, and we have been here for over three centuries, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So when you talk about a Muslim minority, in a nutshell, it was not something that, that we would find in the first centuries of Islam. For there, Islam was in ascendancy. Islam was the government. Islam was the ruler. Islam was what was practiced in the courts. Rulings were given in accordance with Islamic jurisprudence. Inheritance was divided in accordance with Islamic laws of succession and inheritance, alhamdulillah. Here we have a different scenario. Uh, looking, Taking apart, the, apart from the, this development, or should we say how Islam has no longer remained in control in many parts of the world? We have, on the other hand, others who have also gone through very difficult patches in their histories, where, where there were countries that were ruled by religious fanaticism, and people were, people were disempowered, and people were oppressed in the name of religion, other than the religion of Islam. And therefore, to free themselves from the yoke of that kind of oppression, um, in the last century we have seen the rise of uh, democracy and secularism, where religion was taken away from the running of a country. Secularism, religion is one side, and the running of the country, its constitution is on the other side. The two have nothing to do with each, with each other. This doesn't gel with Islam. Islam is a complete way of life. Yet we have to understand the historical background wherein people were, were oppressed and were kept in their positions uh, because of certain interpretations of other religions. And then to free themselves from that situation, they, they looked at secularism as the answer to that. And, and, and now we live in democracies and you have secularism where the state is one side and the laws of the state and legislation. And then you have religion on the other side. You have your freedom of religion. You can practice what religion you want. But these are the laws of the state as they are. So in a nutshell, we find that we live in a in a democracy, in a secular country, and we, we have a huge amount of freedom, alhamdulillah. And we are citizens of, of this country. 
if we look at uh, from a, a very broad pers- uh, perspective, Allah Jalla wa'ala speaks about al- how Allah has honored mankind. Not only a certain um, a certain portion of mankind. So Allah Jalla wa'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمَ And we have honored. This comes from the word Kareem. Akramakallah is a dua we make. May Allah honor you. Uh, so Allah says, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمَ And we have honored the sons of Adam. وَحَمَلْنَاهُمْ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ And we have carried him on dry land and on the ocean. We carry him, we allow him to float. وَرَزَقَنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ And we have provided for him of good things, of good sustenance. وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَى كَثِيرٍ مِّمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا تَفْضِيلًا And we have granted him virtue and superiority over much of that which we have created. So, so if you look at it, in this world, the human race has been created in the best of forms. If you look at every other animal, uh, to eat they have to bow down. They walk on four legs, they slither on the ground. The giraffe, as tall as it is, has to spread that long legs and that long neck which it has to be able to eat from the top or the tips of the trees and the leaves. It has to bring that long neck right down to the water to drink. Allah has not, has not granted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved mankind from that. Mankind sits in an honored position, takes the food and brings it to his mouth. Water goes into a glass, he brings the water to his mouth. Even if there is no glass, he can cup his hands, take out the water, bring it to his mouth without having to go down into a degrading and humiliating position of having to drink from the floor. So Allah has created mankind in the best of shapes and the best of features and Allah Jalla wa'ala has provided for him of, of good things in this world. So as a as a citizen in a, in a democratic country, uh, we... We must partake in uh, whether it be in the running of our schools, whether it be in civil organizations, whether it be in non-governmental organizations, whether it be in political parties, whether it be standing for office, whether it be full-blown politics standing in parliament for a position or for a portfolio as a minister. These are the kinds of of these are the kind of rights of citizenship that we need to look into and we cannot just have an understanding that when we talk about politics immediately it is the enemy when we talk about politics and government and standing for politics and then immediately we see no this is not for us we don't have a part to play in that and that goes contrary that kind of thinking goes contrary to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well as the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there is a lengthy hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari which lays down a kind of foundation or which, which gives us a, 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 a kind of understanding as to how we should look into this matter which we can follow up on inshallah. Inshallah. Well, our guest here with us, Maulana Abdul Fatah and uh, we are focusing on the very importance of citizenship. I just want to say before we take the ads, Maulana, last week we, we spoke about uh, the importance of registering to vote. You might not want to vote. And that, that I say to each individual, that is your democratic right. In a, as you said, a democratic country. But register because from that government picks up the numbers of Muslims. They use those stats uh, for various reasons when they look at what, what are we, 56 or 65 million people in South Africa. And they can see that the Muslim has quite a, um, a very strong voice in government. It's very, very important Jamil, to register to vote as well as to vote. I think the English saying here is, ref- uh, um, is very apt. Uh, if you don't stand for anything, you will fall for everything. <laughs> if you don't stand for anything, you will fall for everything. So if you don't want to play a part 
and then you are just becoming a bystander and you are by your actions saying I am happy with whatever they do mm. and I, then keep your criticisms to yourself then. And, and then any <laughs> criticism that you do have will be very hollow mm. because you're not prepared to put your shoulder to the wheel to do the minimum to try and impact either for that which is the best the ideal or for the lesser of two evils but by not registering and not voting you are saying by your action that um, I'm not interested do what mm. you want to then you have to be happy what comes your way mm. and and therefore I say the saying is very apt if you don't stand for anything you will fall for everything uh, as you were saying it there it was simply saying well, just imagine I'm not here because I'm, I haven't registered and I haven't voted but well, now let's take the break Programs of Legion on a Friday, only on the Voice of the Cape. Welcome back once more to Programs of Religion on a Friday with me, Jamil, and our guest here, Molina Abdul Fataka. Molina, you were going to explain something to us there. Jazakumullah khairan, and once again, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. To our esteemed and respected listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape on this Mubarak and blessed day of Friday, alhamdulillah. We thank and praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we send greetings and salutations upon the beloved of Allah and our beloved Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We're talking about the duties of a citizen and how we uh, should be as citizens of our, our beloved country South Africa, alhamdulillah. Before the break, we, we made reference to a hadith that's uh, narrated in Sahih uh, al-Bukhari when Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَثَلُ الْقَائِمِ عَلَى حُدُودِ اللَّهِ وَالْوَاكِعِ فِيهَا that the similitude and the example of somebody who is carrying out the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and another who is transgressing the orders of Allah, going against the orders of Allah, كَمَثَلِ قَوْمٍ is like that of a, of a people. إِسْتَهَمُوا عَلَى سَفِينَةٍ They have embarked on a ship. فَأَصَابَ بَعْضُهُمْ أَعْلَاهَا وَبَعْضُهُمْ أَسْفَلَهَا So some of them are on the upper deck of the ship and others are on the lower deck of the ship. فَكَانَ الَّذِينَ فِي أَسْفَلِهَا إِذَا اسْتَقَوْ مِنَ الْمَاءِ مَرُوا عَلَى مَنْ فَوْقَهُمْ Then those who were on the lower deck, when they were in need of water, they would come to the upper deck where the water was stored and then they would get water from there. فَقَالُوا They then told themselves, what, if, what would happen if we make a hole في نصيبنا خرقاً? We make a hole here on the bottom deck. وَلَا نُؤْذِمًا فَوْقَنَا And we will not have to trouble those who are on the upper deck. فَإِيَّتْرُكُوهُمْ وَمَا أَرَادُوا If those on the upper deck should leave them to their devices. So those on the lower deck are saying, why should we trouble those who are on the upper deck? All we do is we make a hole on the side, water will come in, we use the water instead of going up and troubling those who are on the upper deck. If those on the upper deck leave them, وَمَا أَرَادُوا to their devices and what they intend to do, هَلَكُوا جَمِيعًا then all of them will be destroyed. For if those on the lower deck make a hole, water will come in. But not only enough water that they will require, in the end the, the ship will will sink because of the hole made in the hull of the boat. وَإِنْ أَخَدُوا عَلَىٰ أَيْدِهِمْ نَجَوْ And if those on the upper deck take the hands of those on the lower deck and stop them from what they intend doing, they will be saved. وَنَجَوْ جَمِيعًا And all of them will be saved. Now this hadith speaks about those who are obedient to Allah, fulfilling the commands of Allah and not transgressing the boundaries of Allah and those who are transgressing the boundaries. 
of Allah. And one of the main points that this hadith is driving across is those who are going against the deen of Allah and going against the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they should be, they should be guided and they should be reminded and we should take them by their hands and guide them towards the deen of Allah and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we fail to do so, they will be destroyed and we will also be destroyed. And therefore it also goes to show that we should not have the idea that we live on our own. And if my family and my children, everything is okay, then uh, everything is hunky-dory. That is not the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is we live in a society. We live in communities. Our children go to schools. We go to workplaces. We, we reside with each other. We meet each other on the beach. We meet each other in the park. We meet each other. On campgrounds, we meet each other in open spaces and public spaces and we live with each other. We live in this environment and we live in this community. So we cannot segregate ourselves and we cannot insulate ourselves from our communities. Here Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, albeit speaking about those who are obedient and disobedient to Allah, points to the fact that if those who are disobedient are left to their devices, not only will they be destroyed, but the whole ship will sink. Those who are transgressing and those who are not transgressing. In the same way, if in a community, a society, in a country, there is a, a degradation of moral of the moral fiber of a society and we find promiscuity on the increase and we find lawlessness on the increase and corruption on the increase and these things are just increasing those who are involved in it if they are left to their devices and those who are not involved in it do not play any part in trying to bring an end to it they will be destroyed and the effects will be felt by everybody this hadith should be a, a reminder to us that on the one hand with regards deen and the practicing of deen that when somebody is being disobedient to Allah it is our duty with a with love in our hearts and understanding it to be our duty we try to guide that person and advise that person to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a greater scale it also tells us that when the wrong is being perpetuated and it's being left like that and then the consequences of that wrong will not only be felt by those who are committing the wrong, but the consequences spill over even to those who are not doing that wrong. If somebody is being uh, corrupt and money is being stolen, the consequences are going to be felt. If somebody is promiscuous and practice promis uh, practices promiscuity and commits zina and dresses in a very uh, unfa uh, in a very uh, nude and lewd and rude manner, and then there are consequences of those who look at such a person, of those whose desires are then ignited by the the nakedness and the lewdness and shamelessness of such a person. So there are consequences and we cannot insulate ourselves. So therefore when we look, uh, and this points about to participation in our, in our societies and as citizens. Uh, you know, coming just maybe to a, a, a very uh, uh, realistic and local level, uh, many of our, our school children, uh, they walk around in haram. And if you look at it, that um, a, a girl walking around with a, with a, shoe, with a skirt, um, five centimeters below her, below her aura, or let's say halfway between the knees and the waist. That is where the shirt is lying. And you and I, we do nothing about it. We might talk about it. We might backbite about it. We might look down upon it. But what are you and I doing about it?
uh, a young boy, 15, 16, 17, sits next to a girl in a taxi when she sits down. She doesn't know how to cover her thighs. The best thing she can do is she takes her uh, a bag of books and a, a backpack or a school case and she puts it on top of her thigh to because of the shame and modesty that she has. But she's wearing such a short skirt whole day. Uh, what do we expect uh, uh, is going to happen from a situation such as that? So that's just a small example of something which is not right. Something which is an Islamic obligation, number one. But besides being an Islamic obligation, it will harm our society. How many children aren't they born out of wiglot? How many teenage pregnancies are there not? Is age not something which happens in uh, in our societies? And here we have this kind of this kind of blatant promiscuity, shamelessness that happens on an everyday basis. But you and I, we don't sit on the school governing bodies. You and I, we don't write a letter to the school or to the principal or the Western Cape Education Department uh, voicing our, our, our thoughts and our concerns that we want a, a, an environment in school that is conducive to learning, an environment of modesty, an environment where we have less promiscuity, an environment where abstinence from, uh, from, uh, sex, uh, from Active sexuality is is the norm where we have this kind of modesty and shame being practiced. If we do nothing about it, we don't stand for anything like we said before the break, and then we will fall for everything. So our rights as citizens, if we sit back and do nothing about it, and then we cannot expect that things are going to happen, there are going to be those who are concerned, there are going to be those who do something about it. But it is our duty as citizens, not only in that one small issue that I've raised, but in many of the issues which in our communities, our local communities, our our streets which we are affected by that we as citizens have a role to play and therefore when we talk about when you talk about government and we talk about elections and we talk about the registering to vote we should never have the idea that this is un-Islamic our ulama are advising us from the member looking at the hadith of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the seerah and the history of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the agreements entered into by Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and are advising us we cannot be silent you cannot sit back you cannot do nothing about it you have to go you have to do something about it join the community police forum join the school governing body of the school that your children are attending join any grassroots level organization any non-governmental organization play a part in your community be a citizen of south africa stand for what is right stand for modesty stand for uh, stand for justice stand for morality uh, stand against corruption stand against racism do what you can this is this is your duty as a citizen which we're encouraged to do by our ulama and therefore if you look at, for example, uh, now we have the, the elections coming up and many of our ulama, as Ajit Jamil has mentioned, are speaking about and encouraging us to register for voting and to vote. Our ulama are stopping short of telling us who to vote for, but are saying that become active citizens, at least in this one aspect as a beginning. Vote, register to vote and vote. And we should not think of it as being un-Islamic. Yeah, maybe just a few basic from, from the history and the seer of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam migrated to Medina to Munawwara after an assassination attempt on his life. And the Muslims are numbering over the hundred. The Battle of Badr in another year is going to be fought and there are only 313 uh, fighting Sahaba in the Battle of Badr. So we can understand the numbers of the Muslims. And Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now migrates from Makkah al-Mukarramah, makes hijrah to Madinah al-Munawwara. And a few things happen here. Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, those who had accepted Islam in Madinah, they are the Ansar. 
Um, and those who have come from Mecca, those who have migrated, are called the Muhajirun. So the Im- the immigrants and the Muslims of Medina, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, forms a bond of brotherhood between them. Those who have come from Mecca are destitute; they have left everything behind, their homes, uh, many times their families, their businesses. So they now share in the wealth of the Muslim brothers from amongst the Ansar. But there are three kinds: the the the, the citizenry of Medina, Al Munawwara can be divided into three. First, the Arab Muslims. Secondly, the Arabs who are not Muslim. And thirdly, the Jews. These are the three sectors of the, the citizenry of Medina to Munawwara. And, and these, this is the society Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is confronted, confronted with. What does the beloved of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? Turn his back on everybody who are not Muslim? No. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amongst the Muslims, he forms this brotherhood between each other. And then, with regards the the Jews specifically, there were three ty- tribes of the Jews that were inhabiting Medina and the surrounds of Medina to Munawwara at that time. They were the Banu Nadir, the Banu Qaynuqa, and the Banu Qurayda. These three tribes of of Jews were there. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam entered into an agreement with them, and not a small superficial agreement. Of the points in that agreement were, if Medina is attacked, all would defend Medina. And all would spend in defending Medina. If we are attacked, and then the Jews will come to our aid, financially and otherwise. If they are attacked, we will go to their aid, financially and otherwise. If anybody attacks us, the, the Yahud and the Jews cannot, uh, cannot side with them and assist them. If anybody attacks the Yahud, we cannot uh, uh, assist them and we cannot uh, be uh, p- providing for them. These are, were of the fundamental aspects of an agreement. But more importantly, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at the society. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam looked at the different spheres of society. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam put in place a constitution. The deen of Allah will prevail. Muslims will abide by the deen of Allah. We have those who are not Muslim from amongst the, the uh, Madani Arabs as well as the, the Jews and Contracts were ended into with them and agreements were made with them that they would also play their part. They would have the religious freedom. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the, is the leader. Yet those treaties were entered into and they were signed and they were lived up to alhamdulillah. So that shows us the kind of, of involvement and the kind of cooperation and working together uh, for the for creating an environment that's conducive to practicing Islam. This happened in the time of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And year two, in our democracy, in our country, as citizens in our country, we have a role to play, to play, and we should not shy away from playing that role, which is very very important and integral to our existence and towards calling towards the Deen of Allah subhanahu wa taala in this beautiful country of ours. Well, I guess you're with us, Maulana Abdul Fatah Kai, if you've just joined us uh, a <coughs> little bit late, but nevertheless, <laughs> very welcome. Uh, and Maulana focusing here on the importance of citizenship. And I just want to say, Maulana, I remember there was a group not too long ago. They didn't regard us as citizens. We were moved out of our areas, out of the and away from our places of worship. And look how the clock has turned. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Back with you after this. البرنامج عدين في يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة يوم الجمعة Programs of the region on a Friday only on the voice of the cave
Welcome back once more as uh, you've listened there to the voice of Samit Moore saying programs of religion on a Friday. Our guest here is still with us, Molina Abdul Fataka. Molina, certainly if we look even in the days of oppression, we had very prominent Muslims who were proud to be Muslims and who had to flee their homes, you know, in, in the fight against injustice. Mm. And for us to they do not want to participate in, in the democracy that we have. It's actually um, a reflection for me that I don't think of those people, you know. Jazakumullah khairin and once again, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to all our esteemed listeners on this Mubarak and blessed day of Friday, alhamdulillah. And yes, we are with programs of religion, alhamdulillah. And we are talking about our, our citizen, us being citizens of this country and our role as Muslims and the roles we should play as Muslim citizens of our country. Yes, it is um, of our our primary goals is da'wah uh, ilallah, to call towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Udu'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal mu'idhati al-hasanati. Call towards the deen of Allah. Call towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with wisdom. And with good advice and sincere advice, you call towards the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore, we should call towards the deen of Allah. Call towards righteousness, our neighbors, our friends, our families. Always we call them towards belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praying our salah, being good, speaking the truth, being honest, fulfilling the hukuk and the rights of others. This is our primary objective uh, of, of our lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have not created jinn or mankind, except that they worship and recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is our objective, alhamdulillah. And um, we, every, we, have to stri- we, we must strive and make efforts to, to have an environment that is conducive to us practicing the deen of Allah and propagating the deen of Allah, alhamdulillah. We must strive to do, strive to do so. I've mentioned in the very beginning that because there were other religions, especially the church, that was sometimes utilized to oppress people in, uh, in, in centuries past. And there was a very medieval system in place where people were kept and a wealth was being taken from people. That we find that a system was then envisaged where religion was put one side so that oppression that came about because of those religions could be removed and you could have a more, uh, more of an equilibrium more equality between people and that oppression could be brought to an end. So we have this secular and we live in secularist countries. So uh, politics are looked upon as being one side and religion on the other. We have also mentioned Islam is a complete way of life. Islam has not got to do with what we do in the house of Allah in the masjid alone. Islam has got to do with how we earn our money, how we spend our money, how we transact, how we, how we live our lives, uh, nikah and otherwise, how our inheritance is divided amongst our ears. Islam governs all of those. So Islam is not secular in nature. Islam is a complete way of life. And that is a reality that we face. The other reality that we are faced with is we live in a secular country and we can participate in the politics of our country and we can fight to, to, to live our lives in accordance with the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we can uh, protect it and we can work towards it. Uh, for example, the Muslim marriages bill is something which we have fought for for a long time. It has not yet been enacted. And we don't know what the future holds, uh, alhamdulillah. Yet what happens is a, a, a bill has been passed. It's not yet something that has been uh, legislated upon, but efforts have been made. People have made sacrifices, and it's gone to a certain, to a certain, it, it's gone to a certain point where it has reached 
Well, it goes further, Amin Thumma Amin, but it shows us what can be achieved. And if you look at it, uh, whether it be our makabir, our, our, our makbara, where we, we bury our dead, alhamdulillah, our nikahs, our masajid, our musallas in the airports, in the shopping malls, whether it be our being able to wear the hijab and the niqab, whether it be only the, the, the scarf, or a person chooses to cover their faces, which is, uh, alhamdulillah, which is, which we can compliment, alhamdulillah, all of those, those freedoms which we enjoy in how we dress, how we walk around, how we go around, all these need to be protected. They are not going to be protected by us doing nothing about it, by us not participating. And therefore we need, we need to participate. And living in a, in a society that is not governed by Islam, that also is not strange to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nor was it strange to the history and the seerah of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we actually look at the seerah, in the history of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then we would find that the first migration that took place was not the migration to Medina to Munawwara, the first hijrah was to Abyssinia. And there was a non-Muslim king at the time, Najashi, King Negus of Abyssinia, and he, he welcomed the Muslims. Among them was the cousin of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, uh, the, the brother of Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. This happened in the first five years of Islam. When torture and persecution began in Makkah al-Mukarramah, then this first hijrah took place, not once, but twice to Abyssinia. But what is amazing is, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam makes hijrah to Medina. So look at the fifth year of Islam. Uh, people migrate to Abyssinia. Of Islam, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is 45 years old. As things go on, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reaches the age of 53. They move to Medina to Munawwara. At the age of 55, the Battle of Badr takes place. 56, the Battle of Uhud takes place. Still, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't send for them who are living in Abyssinia. They are there. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam doesn't say that is a non-Muslim king, you must come over here. No, they are practicing Islam and they can propagate Islam. They are free to practice the religion. So you have a Muslim state in Medina to Munawwara. You have a, a non-Muslim king, Najashi, King Negus of Abyssinia. You have Muslims living in Abyssinia. Yet still Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even after migration, did not call Ja'far ibn Abi Talib back to Medina to Munawwara. After the Battle of Badr, did not call uh, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu back. The Battle of Uhud did not call uh, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib back. The Battle of the Trench did not call uh, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu ta'ala no back. It is only in the seventh year of the Hijrah when Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was reaching the age of 60. That Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when Khaybar was conquered, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that I don't know which brings me more joy, the conquest of Khaybar or the return of Ja'far ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Maluna, um, instead of um, taking the... Okay, let's take the ad breaks quickly. Programs of Legion on a Friday, only on the Voice of the Cape. Very warm welcome once more and we've now come to the last segment of the program and still with us Maulana Abdul Fattah Ka and um, the introduction was the importance of citizenship. Maulana? 
Jazakumullahirin. Once again, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. To our esteemed and beloved listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, on this Mubarak and blessed day of Friday, alhamdulillah. We have spoken uh, much about uh, citizenship and um, the kind of uh, democracy that we live in, and now we should try to play our part to the best of our ability with regards the role that we can play in the shaping of our society. And we should understand that there are those objectives, noble objectives. Uh, our first objective is calling towards Allah, the deen of Allah, the oneness of Allah, the worship of Allah, and the following of Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have spoken about a hadith that gives us the understanding that when, when, when wrong is being perpetrated, then it is not only the perpetrators of wrong that suffer the consequences thereof, but there are others who also suffer the consequences thereof. If somebody has robbed a family, that person is a robber, that person is a thief, but those whom he has, whom he has robbed, they also suffer. And, and, and therefore anybody who is able to play a role in bringing that to an end is doing something which is noble. So our first objective is calling towards the deen of Allah, practicing the deen of Allah. Then there are those those objectives of, of a government and those objectives of the leaders of a society which are in line and in tune with Islam, whether it be uh, the point of morality, which we have indicated towards in the example of, of the school dress code, or whether it be justice, serving justice, uh, bringing an end to racism, and, and pride and arrogance, thinking oneself better than somebody else, bringing an end to corruption. These are all noble objectives, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to in the Holy Quran. And uh, by us uh, registering to vote, and by us voting, and by us participating in the process, and by us having honest individuals who can stand for post in government, and can bring about morality, can bring about justice, or strive to bring about justice, even if a person does is not successful in that. Uh, sometimes a person might say, you can do what you want to, it's still going to go on. But Allah is not going to ask you with regards the result. Allah is going to ask you with regards the effort. Mm. A person can go and a person can call towards the deen of Allah. Nobody can accept Islam, but he can say, I conveyed. He can say, I tried. The other person who said, he cannot say, I tried. He cannot say, I made an attempt. He cannot say they were called towards Allah or they were reminded about Allah. He can say none of those to Allah on the day of Qiyamah. But the person who was there and who called and he had a need that others can see Islam. They can see the beauty of Islam. They can see the truthfulness of Islam, the honesty of Islam. They can see the akhlaq and the adab, the character of Islam. Such a person can say, I was there. I tried. I maybe stood for an office. I was successful in my tenor as um, whether it be a minister, whatever it might have been. I have try to show people the beauty of Islam and how Islam deals with issues whether anybody, whether I've been successful or not, that is in the, that lies in the kudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I've made an effort and I have tried and therefore in these issues, especially morality and justice that governments as well as organizations share with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala efforts must be made in those in, in, in that regard and Allah mentions uh, these in the Holy Quran for example at a time when the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum when they were stopped from uh, from Baytullah, from Makkah al-Mukarramah, from performing the Umrah, Allah Jalla wa'ala tells and says, وَإِن سُرَةُ الْمَائِدَةِ وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ أَنْ صَدُّكُمْ عَنِ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ أَنْ تَعْتَدُوا Let it not be that your dislike for a people who has stopped you from Masjid al-Haram, from Baytullah. So the Sahaba, they go to perform Umrah. They are stopped outside of Makkah al-Mukarramah from entering into Makkah and, and, and making the Umrah. They are stopped. Allah says, let it not be that you dislike those who have stopped you from, from Umrah. 
Let that not drive you and ta'atadu for you to transgress the boundaries. And assist in that in piety. And assist in God consciousness. Assist in taqwa Allah. And do not and do not assist in ithm, in uh, disobedience, waludwan and in enmity. So yeah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that a Muslim is one who assists everything that is right and stands uh, stands against that which is wrong. So if something wrong is happening and a Muslim protests against it, even that is a good thing that a Muslim is, uh, has done, alhamdulillah. So um, with the limited time available to us, we have tried to, to highlight the importance of us playing our roles as citizens. It is very important and our ulama are encouraging us not only to vote, but also to not only to register to vote, but to vote as well with the proper intention for those who will be of benefit to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to play our roles as citizens, whether it be on the CPS in our communities, whether it be on the school governing bodies, whether it be with regards the NGOs, whether it be with regards um, the substance abuses. Uh, many things can be done. We have to play our role and we have to be there and active citizens in our country as Muslims to fulfill our role, especially in, in matters of morality and justice. And may Allah guide us to, to that which is correct and that which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And may Allah forgive all our shortcomings. Amin thumma amin. Oh, we say shukran to Mawlana Abdul Fattah Khan. I was thinking here, Mawlana, when I mentioned earlier on, uh, you know, under the days of oppression, we had alims who had to flee in the night or to get the message. And I remember the late Imam Harun and Imam Lobi of Allahumma. Allah, Allah grant him a high pleasure. Uh, Imam Harun had to go in the middle of the night because um, only Africans were allowed to to be in Langa. If I was caught yeah, there, you were arrested. You had to have a permit to go in there. And Imam Allah used to go in Allah. And these were, I mean, great leaders of his, with the Islamic principles was unquestionable. Unquestionable, Alhamdulillah, Imam Dawud, Lawbi, Rahimullah Ta'ala, the good relationship with Mala Yusuf Karan, Rahimullah Ta'ala, from whom we learned a lot of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there we can see da'wah ilallah, calling Allah towards the deen of Allah, no matter what the circumstances, there was always calling towards the deen of Allah. Allah Akbar. Mawlana, I just need to share this with you. It says, Salaam Mawlana um, uh, and Buddha Jamil, shukran for the inspiring and informative program. Shukran also to Mawlana for the daily tafsir of the Quran on the voice of the Cape. I missed it this morning. Uh, and Jumu'ah Mubarak to all of you. It comes from Zainu. I need to say to Zainu, we are only slaves of Allah, just like you, Zainu. But shukran for the feedback. Mawlana, shukran. And I say to you, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Al-Barnami ju'addinu fi yawmi jumu'ah. Yawmi jumu'ah. Yawmi jumu'ah. Programs are the region on a Friday, only on the Voice of the Cape.